Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Lots to get to here in the hour. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. If you missed the live show on the Big X, we do this each weekday at 11 a.m. And if you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there. One show note, I know we're really gearing up to the college basketball season. In fact, there have been a lot of these secret scrimmages going on across the country. There have been some really good ones, Kansas and Illinois and some high major teams going against each other. Unfortunately for us, the fan, they're not on television, and often there is no real media report either of what happened or who scored or how the game went. But that does tell you the season is almost here, and for Indiana, they'll open up with an exhibition game open to the public on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. However, because of a Bellarmine, I believe it's a Bellarmine women's game, I was told we will have no show in the 11 a.m. hour on Thursday. So I'll be back with you Wednesday, tomorrow, and of course Friday to wrap up the week and send you out of the weekend, but no show on Thursday due to a Bellarmine game. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, a ton of headlines to get to, including Trace Jackson Davis, more good news for TJD, and also good news for fans here locally in southern Indiana because he's going to be making what we can call an NIL appearance at a local auto dealership, and I'll tell you about that coming up here in our headlines in just a few moments. Also, it's Bob Knight's birthday today, so we'll get into that, and we'll take a look at some other things. Kyle Schwarber, the Phillies headed to the World Series. Volleyball for the girls, a big, big day at Columbus East coming up on Saturday, and a lot more here in segment number one. Also, later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will drop by. With Mike, we'll talk some basketball and football And then later in the hour, Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com on basketball and basketball recruiting. So we've got a heavy IU show today once we get to segments number two and number three. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. As we head into basketball season, I love to hear from you guys. Sound off about the games, about Indiana's performances, questions for our great IU guests that join this show each weekday. And you can send those to 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. 
And Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Trace Jackson Davis will be visiting John Jones Auto Group in Salem coming up on Wednesday evening. He's going to sign autographs there and take photos from 3.30 to 6 o'clock. Again, that's Wednesday tomorrow night at John Jones Auto Group, their Salem location. So I can guarantee you a lot of listeners of this show and a lot of IU fans in the area will be making their way to John Jones in Salem on Wednesday to meet Trace Jackson Davis. It's been a great preseason for him. In fact, yesterday, another award for him. Trace Jackson Davis was named preseason All-American first team by the Associated Press. So another big honor heading into the season. Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, Oscar Schwebe of Kentucky, Armando Baycott, North Carolina, and Marcus Sasser of Houston. Uh, Those are all names that have been paired with or near Trace on a lot of these first and second team All-American groups that he's been part of. But quite a group of elite company. And again, a big preseason uh, for Trace Jackson Davis. And the good news is the preseason is about to go to the wayside. I guess technically the exhibition games are still considered preseason, but we are almost to the start of college basketball. And we've got IU coming up on Saturday, IU coming up the following week as well. And college basketball on television, some big, big games are just a week and a half or two away. And that is what I know we are all uh, sitting on the edge of our seats waiting for is that college hoop season to get here. And we are ever, ever so close. Speaking of Trace Jackson Davis and the Hoosiers, I know every day I'm saying so-and-so ranked the Hoosiers here, there. They were the highest in this poll. Somebody had them a little low, whatever the case may be. Just to kind of recap things for you, where Indiana stands heading into this final little push before their first exhibition game. According to Associated Press, that ranking of uh, college basketball writers across the country, the Hoosiers are number 13 in the country. Uh, 247 Sports and Kevin Flaherty, they have Indiana at number 16 in the country. Gary Parrish, who's one of my favorite college basketball guys, he's based out of Memphis and with CBS Sports, he has Indiana at number 13 in the country. Dickie V, Dick Vitale, the ESPN legend, he has the Hoosiers at number 17. Jeff Goodman, another one of my favorites, he has Indiana at number 11. Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated, no national rankings for him, but he's got Indiana number two in the Big Ten Conference. He's one of the few that have not put the Hoosiers as the front runner heading into the season in the conference. Andy Katz, he's probably, I think, the highest of all the mainstream college basketball folks that are out there. Andy Katz is with the Big Ten Network and with NCAA.com producing content for the NCAA. He's got Indiana at number seven, so that's the highest that I have seen him in the country as far as the national ranking goes. Jeff Brazello, he's with ESPN. He's been doing it a long time. He's got Indiana at number 14. And as far as computer ratings go, love the KenPom.com ratings, Ken Pomeroy. He's got Indiana at number 12 in his computer ratings in advance of the upcoming season. So that's kind of a look at things uh, for this team, a summary of where they're at. But obviously, all signs point to Indiana being thought of nationally as a very competitive team. And of course, in the big conference, they're the consensus front runner. although a few have deferred from that. Uh, still a very exciting time to be an Indiana fan here headed into the exhibition game with Marion coming up on Saturday. Also, I mentioned earlier today, it's Bob Knight's birthday. I saw that thanks to an article on Mike Schumann's website with the Daily Hoosier. Mike's going to join us in the next segment. 
Uh, Coach Knight, 82 years old today. Uh, his last game at Indiana uh, was reading a story on Mike Schumann's website. Also, the last game for Michael Lewis. Uh, just kind of a connection there. Now the coach at Ball State. I saw a podcast that Coach Lewis recently appeared on, a Ball State podcast. He talked a lot about some of his memories with Coach Knight and at Indiana, but I'd forgotten that Coach Knight's last game was also uh, Michael Lewis's last game, and so uh, kind of a connection there to Southern Indiana and Jasper, but uh, obviously happy birthday, Coach Knight. My wish for him this year is health, and obviously that uh, hopefully he can make the trip to Bloomington a few times or make the trip from Bloomington to Assembly Hall a few times to take in a couple games and see his former player and now friend Mike Woodson at the helm of the Hoosiers in this season where IU is expected to be very good. I think it'd be fitting to see Coach Knight there if his health allows, but uh, that would be my wish for him. I hope that we get to see him at Assembly Hall more than just the one game uh, where it was such a special moment for he and all the former players and I'm sure his family as well. But happy birthday, Coach Knight. We'll talk about this a little bit later in the program today. Also, a couple other things to mention. IU football, I wanted to note that uh, I saw what I would call some bad news for the Hoosiers. It has nothing to do with their current team or uh, upcoming games, but I did read earlier in the week that the Big Ten has announced they are going to stick with the current division format until the 2024 season. So Indiana, at least for another year or so, is going to be in that dreaded East division of the Big Ten Conference which is so very tough and which makes things in an already good Big Ten even tougher for IU football. So that's the word. Um, it's going to stay the same until the league expands in 2024. That's when UCLA and USC are set to join the conference. That's also when the new media rights deal takes full effect as well. And who knows, potentially by that point, when that 2024 season begins, could Notre Dame be in the conference. I'm not sure if I would bet on that at this point or not as far as will they be independent still in 2024 or will they make a decision to join the Big Ten or the SEC. And of course there's always the chance that something else falls in the card game of high major conferences right now, power five conferences maybe is the right way to say it. And uh, do we see some additional members of the Big Ten join in that season or near after that. I think that's going to be interesting to think about a potential reshuffle of football divisions in the Big Ten or maybe a going the trend of other conferences and getting away from some of the uh, conferences or the divisions, I should say, in football conferences. Also, one note on Kyle Schwarber. I did not mention this Monday, but obviously the Phillies are headed to the World Series. Kyle Schwarber has been a big part of their success this season. Schwarber looking to win his second World Series. Keep in mind, he played a big role for the Cubs back in the 2016 world title run for Chicago. 108-year drought, he was part of breaking that with the Chicago Cubs. But if the Phillies are going to win this one, they're going to have to beat the Red Hot Astros, who are a perfect 7-0 as the number one American League seed. And I think that's going to be a very tough feat for the Phillies. But Phillies are playing good ball. Schwarber needs some home runs for sure in the World Series to help that cause. But again, need to see an IU connection having success once again, this time with another team in the MLB postseason. Again, I've said this before, watch very few baseball games during the regular season. But postseason baseball is a lot of fun. And I'm excited for the World Series to get here later this week for Philadelphia and for Houston. Also a local note. As far as high school sports go, I know the focus for a lot of people is on Friday night 
we've got a big night of high school football. A lot of winners in the opening night of the postseason. New Albany, Floyd, and Jeff all had buys on Friday night. They'll be back in action this week, their first time out in the postseason. Providence had a nice second half. Can they continue that momentum against a good West Washington team coming up on Friday? Clarksville, a winning season. Can they bump that momentum into the postseason as well? Uh, and also other things to watch with Charlestown and Heritage Hills. That is going to be a fantastic game, I believe, coming up on Friday at Charlestown. The Boneyard will be packed. We're going to be there. Justin Kalen will have our Big X coverage on 94.7 Friday night. That's going to be the Charlestown Heritage Hills game from that local 3A sectional. But that should be an outstanding game. Everybody that I've talked to uh, says Heritage Hills a great opponent and will be a big challenge for Charlestown coming up on Friday night. But I don't want to leave out volleyball. We squeezed in some volleyball yesterday with Chad Gilbert on our Monday program. If you're a fan of Southern Indiana volleyball, Clark and Floyd County will be on full display Saturday evening at Columbus East High School in the Orange Pit, one of the craziest gyms for me. It's all orange. There's some brown. It's just a little awkward, but it's a good place to play volleyball, they tell me, and it's host of the semi-state, one of the two Southern host of the semi-states for volleyball this weekend, Jasper, another great gym here in the area, the, the southern Indiana part of our state. It's a great location. But uh, at Columbus East, Providence at 29-6 and will take on Western Boone at 26-6. and And my volleyball sources tell me that uh, Coach Parika and the Pioneers are the favorite, but that it should be a good match. But Providence, the favorite there to win and go on to a 3A state championship game, a one-game state championship the following week. In that second game at Columbus East, which is set for approximately 5.30, Floyd Central, who's been red hot here in the postseason, they are 30-6 and six so far this season. They will take on a very good Yorktown team who is 33-2. So a big challenge for Floyd Central. I think the hope is... We see Providence in 3A and Floyd Central in 4A go to play the following week in volleyball state championship games in their respective classes. But we talk about how good volleyball is this season and how good it has been now for what seems like years in our southern Indiana area of Clark and Floyd counties. Providence has always been a leader in that. Floyd Central on and off has been a really good program in our area. There have been others as well. Christian Academy, Silver Creek come to mind specifically. But Providence and Floyd Central, if you're a fan of local sports, get to Columbus East on Saturday night, 4 o'clock for the Providence game, approximately 5.30 for Floyd Central. You'll see some great athletes here from the area, and let's hope that both of them can get it done and move on to respective state championship games the following week. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Coming up next, we have Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk basketball and football with Mike Schumann. And then still ahead, Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com. We'll do more basketball with Jeff, and we'll do some basketball recruiting as well with Jeff coming up here in just a bit. Stay with us. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. 
All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier is my guest. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, I want to start off with uh, happy birthday, Coach Knight. I read that in a story on your website this morning, and fitting that his birthday would be the same week Indiana begins its exhibition games. Uh, Miss him in Bloomington, that's for sure. Yep, absolutely. He turned 82 today, so echo your sentiments. Happy birthday to the coach. Um, It's it's always good to, to... Take a moment and, and revisit some stories. I know I was just reading um, A.J. Guyton put a post on Facebook and, and asked people to to tell their own personal stories of encounters with Coach Knight. And it's, it's a really interesting comment section just to hear kind of the perspectives of fans with kind of their one-off interactions with, with Coach Knight. It, it kind of paints like a completely different picture of, of what you know people may have come to know of him through the the mainstream media through the years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do wonder, will we see Coach Knight at any games in Bloomington, given Indiana's on the verge of what could be a really big season under Mike Woodson? We don't know details of his health. Obviously, when we have seen Coach Knight out at public appearances, he doesn't seem to be the Bob Knight specifically that we all remember. But I do wonder if we'll see Coach Knight at all this season and if his health is up to making another appearance, even if it's just for a couple moments to see a portion of a game or, or sit you know, in the front row for a bit. Curious if he'll make any stops uh, this year by uh, Assembly Hall. Yeah, I'm curious about that as well. I mean, every time I have a chance to, to talk to somebody about him, it's it's pretty much the same, you know, what we've heard the last couple of years. He has his good days, he has his bad days. Um, so it, it's, it's really hard to know. Um, obviously there's a tight bond there be, between him and Coach Woodson, but wouldn't be surprised if, if we've seen the end of kind of the Coach Knight in that sort of spotlight-type situation. And I, I know we went to practice a couple times last year, and there may be some stuff like that going on behind the scenes. But, you know, Coach Knight's never been one to kind of covet, you know, attention in that sort of way. So I, I don't think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen the end of him in that kind of game setting like we saw for the Purdue game a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, we'll get into some basketball stuff a little bit later in the segment, but I do want to start with IU football. And before we talk about this team and the disappointment, I think that this season is turning out to be, I saw a report earlier in the week that the Big Ten is going to stick with its East and West divisional format until at least 2024 which is when USC and UCLA are set to join the conference and a new media television rights deal will kick in also for that season. That is not good news for Indiana and a certain number of other teams in the very tough East division of Big Ten football. Yeah, agreed. Not not good news, but it almost feels like we're at this point with this program right now where their their issues are are deeper than, you know, who who they're going to play next year. There's some obviously some program wide issues and it, it starts with the, you know, their, their contemporaries kind of in that second tier of the East Maryland and Rutgers, you know, over the last two years, they are now Oh, and four against those two teams. And that's just a, you know, something that can't happen if you expect to, 
you know, contend for uh, at a minimum bowl eligibility each year. And, and that's kind of where this thing has suddenly turned to. So, I mean, that kind of informs you that even if they did reconstruct the schedule, the, the, the issues in the program right now are, are deeper than, you know, who, you know, contending with the East, which, which is beyond debate at this point. It's a much more challenging situation to, to have to deal with, but it, it's fascinating. You, you know, yesterday was the, two-year anniversary of the Pennix reach for the pylon against Penn State and just to think about how much has changed since that point in time and maybe even a little bit a couple months further down the road from that the the win in Madison over Wisconsin um, you know just so much has changed you know both with the program and and with college football as a whole and there's just so many layers to, to what's what's going on but you know the the constant and all that is Indiana just can't find a way to kind of pick itself up off the mat. I think they're five and 16 since that, that went over Wisconsin with, with, you know, two wins against Idaho, two wins against Western Kentucky. So there's just not a lot to feel good about with this program right now. And of course, it's just not helpful to keep having to see Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state every year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In the next few weeks, of course, the bye week this week for Indiana. So a chance to, reset and see how healthy this team can get for the remainder of the year but the schedule ahead is brutal some of those same teams you mentioned the east division foes are ahead for indiana football and i wish i had some sort of uh, insight here but i don't see mike how this season ends with uh, very many positives if any at all at this point yeah that's the most discouraging thing about it is the the toughest part of the schedule is still really to come especially these these next two with ohio state and penn state so um yeah it's really hard to derive anything positive from what's going on it's really hard to see um you know i know michigan state struggled and and purdue at least you know from a talent perspective you know i don't believe is measurably better than than indiana but you know, it's it's not just about talent. There's just execution on the field, which has just been a problem all year long for for Indiana. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard to to look at what they've got left and see another win, um, which means you're talking about a, a three and nine season right on the hills of a two and ten season. And again, it just it's it's hard to to imagine, you know, how everybody felt in the direction everything looked like it was going after that Wisconsin game. It's hard to imagine how we got here. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. And to take it a step further, we know what's coming Indiana football's way after the bye week, but the Big Ten schedule as it was posted, and a lot of the schools, including Indiana, have taken the Big Ten portion of their schedule down for next season. And I assume it has to do with waiting to find out about the divisions and some other potential changes to how scheduling is done in the conference. But if that initial schedule that we saw at one time holds up, Indiana would open the season next year on September 2 against Ohio State. So you talk about a tough finish to the season this year. That could be a tough start to the season in 2023. Yeah, I I noticed that too yesterday when I put up a story about the the schedule for next year. I'm with you. I don't know. I know an announcement's coming this week, but I don't know if they're going to stick to what they had. I know they, they like to tinker with things, so I wouldn't be surprised if it changes. Um, but but looking at the way it stood 
previously for 2023, I, I think it was a more difficult schedule that, than what they had this year. I think they, you know, they have to go to Purdue. They, they have to go to Illinois, who's suddenly a, a, an impressive program. So your your West games, I, I think the other West game might have been Wisconsin. So, I mean, it, it's just absolutely brutal uh, the, the way it was set up before. And they also have a new series with Louisville that, that starts next year. Um, which is, of course, not not going to be easy and, and not helpful to the cause to, to try to get to six wins. So um, just just all, all together, if that schedule holds up, um, it's just not going to make things any easier. And next year could be a really tough season unless something dramatic changes here. Yeah, most definitely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, I uh, want to get into uh, basketball, but first – a little baseball for a moment. We're getting ready for the World Series. Kyle Schwarber is back uh, at the World Series with another team. It's the Phillies this time, and we know what a key role he played for the Chicago Cubs back in the 2016 season. That was a really unique storyline to follow. I'm not a Cubs fan at all. I don't watch a ton of baseball outside of the postseason. I really do, really do enjoy the postseason and the World Series. But in addition to seeing Schwarber and the Cubs and their fan base have fun, a 108-year drought was broken that season when the Cubs won the World Series. But it is nice to have a local connection. I'm not a Phillies fan. I'm not an Astros fan. I really don't have a favorite in the upcoming World Series other than I hope it goes seven games. But nice to have someone that there's a connection to IU and someone that you can write about and I can talk about. It brings the World Series a little closer to home for some that may not typically follow it as close as this. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Schwarber's just a, a fun guy to, to watch. Um, he, he's very kind of old school in the way he goes about his business. And, you know, just you never know when he's going to hit a 450-foot home run. So it's just always fun to, to keep an eye on him. I actually was a Phillies fan growing up. It's one of the things I had to kind of let go as I got busy with kids and life and everything. But he's kind of pulled me back into it because it's, it's real easy to, to root for him. And it's, it's easy for me to kind of instinctively root for the Phillies. So it's been particularly fun for me to, to keep an eye on this year. But, but I agree. I mean, there's not that many IU, former IU baseball players in the MLB and to have one sitting there with a chance to, to get a second World Series title. It's definitely a fun thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com. Let's get into basketball. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis with another big honor yesterday from the Associated Press, being named a first-team All-American. We can chat about that here in a second. But, you know, we talk a lot about NIL deals, and uh, I have had, mentioning this in the first segment, I've had a number of questions come in about Trace Jackson Davis, who's set to make an appearance on Wednesday night here in our area, John Jones Auto Group in Salem, where he's going to be available for a few hours to take photos and sign autographs. People wanting details and to know how many items you can take, I have no idea. We're not involved in, in any of that. I'm just passing along the information. But this is really the first time that I think NIL for Indiana fans locally has popped up where they can easily visit out not in Bloomington, right here in our immediate area. And it's kind of interesting to see the response just today that I've had. Uh, here's a local dealership taking advantage of uh, a star like Trace Jackson Davis, who's getting all these headlines almost on a daily basis at this time of the year with the excitement of the season brewing. I can't think of a better way to market any business across the state than to have Trace Jackson Davis on your property for a few hours for free to sign autographs, take pictures and those things. Very smart move. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I always envisioned 
uh, NIL would be. It's it's kind of the the model that you see in professional sports with you know a, a private business coordinating with a player or, or his or her agent and, and you know negotiating a deal for for sponsorship or use of name, image, and likeness. Um, so it's definitely cool to, to see that kind of stuff. I mean, kind of tying the, the two things together. You know, looking at the the preseason All-American team, you know, what really stuck out to me is four of the five on the team were big men. Um, and I think it does tie into NIL because, you know, I think a guy like Trace, uh, the other guys on the list, they, they don't necessarily have a game that, you know, clearly translates to the NBA. I mean, I think they could all get there in their own way or, or with some development. But, but what has happened with NIL is, you know, college has become very – financially lucrative for, for guys at that level, you know, with that much name recognition, um, you know, especially at a school like Indiana or like an Armando Baco at, at North Carolina, um, you know, top brand programs with, whose players are very popular to the fan base. Um, you know, I, I think those guys are doing very well in college and it makes the decision to uh, stay throughout their eligibility much easier, you know, whereas a guy like Trace, who I believe might be, you know, either 23 or real close to it, um, you know, he, 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 in a different world a few years ago, he may have decided to, to go the uh, G League route or go, go play overseas or something of that nature. But um, it feels like a win-win all around. You know, he, he can make money. He can, uh, continue to develop, keep the, the NBA out there as an option. Um, I think it's good for college sports to have that kind of star power sticking around. And he can get a college degree as well. So it feels like a really good thing. Um, you know, we're all adjusting to the new world of college sports with, with all this money flying around. But, but by and large, I think that that, that is a positive for the game. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us on IU Basketball here in this segment. Uh, earlier in the show, I went through all of the different preseason rankings and projection, projections for Indiana. Um, I, I, I say them every day. There's somebody else coming out that has Indiana ranked here or there, or picked to win the Big Ten. A couple people have them picked second to, rent, to win the Big Ten Conference. Mike, I, I've read your work for years, and you've come on this program now for probably over a year on Tuesdays to chat about all this stuff with us. So I know you've got a great feel for IU. You've got a great feel for the Big Ten Conference and for college basketball overall. So as I gave that summary earlier, I think number seven was maybe as high as they were ranked by Andy Katz for whatever that's worth. But where would Mike Schumann in his ballot or his top 25 have the Hoosiers? And where exactly in the Big Ten Conference would you have Indiana pegged uh, as the first exhibition game is set for Saturday afternoon? I feel like the AP pretty much nailed it. I, I've consistently thought thought of them in that 10 to 15 range uh, with with a pretty high ceiling. I, I think Cats might have gone too far, but I don't think it's out of the realm of, of what's possible. Only because you know there there is a lot of talent. You know I've talked and written extensively about. You know I, I feel very strongly that that Indiana has the best bench in the Big Ten by a wide margin. Um, I heard trade dumps a BTN analyst last week say that basically he thinks they have two starting fives, you know, and he said that in the context of, you know, not just starting fives, but a bench of five that are legitimately good enough to, to play in the big 10. 
And I think that's right. I mean, I think that's truly what separates them. I think everybody in the, you know, the first 10 or 11 spots in the league have a good, respectable starting five, but nobody can come close to what Indiana puts out on the court, uh, kind of in those six through nine, six through 10 spots. And I, I do think that's what separates them, but, but the hesitation comes in and why I wouldn't go farther than, you know, that 13 range where the AP put them is because these are also guys that have not won at a high level thus far in their careers. I mean, much of what's putting Indiana in high regard coming into this season is based on returning players, returning production, returning minutes. And, you know, that they have to actually produce different results. So there is an element of, you know what, they've got to actually prove it on the floor. I think, you know, a freshman class with, with guys that, you know, like Jalen Huchifino and Malik Renault kind of changes the, the conversation a little bit in, in that regard. It's, it's not entirely the same team, and I think they've upgraded overall. But um, I, I don't think it's a, a case where just because they have all that coming back that, that you say that they are the, the you know, a, a top 10 team just out of the gate. I think they can clearly get there. Um, the, the other thing that's interesting is just the, the schedule in the Big Ten. It, it's unbalanced, as everybody knows. I, I don't think Indiana was dealt a particularly uh, bad hand, but I think some schools, particularly Illinois, uh, were dealt a better hand, and I think that will ultimately factor in the, the outcome for the Big Ten. So I, I would pick Indiana to win it, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they were anywhere in the kind of the one through three or one through four spots. I do think they'll end up with a buy for the, the Big Ten tournament. That would be the thing I would be comfortable about. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with his thoughts on IU basketball in advance of the season. You know, those comments from Trey Dimps, a former Northwestern player, Big Ten Network analyst, uh, I, I mentioned those, read those on the show as well. Do you do you buy that? Do you believe that fully that Indiana's second five is and can be that good and if there would be a number of starters from that second five that would start on certain Big Ten teams? Yeah, I mean, where it gets a little nuanced is how Indiana goes about its starting lineup and rotations. I mean, if, as people expect it, you know, we see Xavier Johnson and Jalen Huchfino starting together on Saturday and throughout the season, then you might say, well, do they really have a true point guard in, in that second five? But what I expect them to do is, you know, rotate Huchifino and Johnson out of the lineup separately. So one of them is always on the floor. So in, in that vein, you know, you're, you're always going to have a legitimate starting point guard, either one of which, you know, Huchifino could be freshman of the year. And in my mind, although he's not getting a lot of preseason accolades, Xavier Johnson is the best point guard in the Big Ten based on the way he was playing late in the year last year. So having one of them always on the floor, along with the likes of a Tamar Bates, Trey Galloway, Jordan Geronimo, and Malik Renault, um, yeah, I, I absolutely think that that is worthy of the hype. And like I said, I, I don't see anybody that comes close to that. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier on IU Basketball. Mike, a couple other things to chat about. Exhibition games are coming up. Marion is the first uh, challenger for this Indiana team. Against lower-level teams, non-Division One teams, What should fans? how should fans temper their expectations? This is not a Division One team. 
this is an in-state team that's going to get paid to come get the experience to play in Assembly Hall and help Indiana get some basically practice in in advance of upcoming tough competitions. But how, how should fans look at these games and what should they expect out of an exhibition between Indiana, who's one of the favorites in the Big Ten, and Marion, who's a very solid team at their level of small college basketball, but not near on the level of an Indiana or even a Division One team? Yeah, I mean, I, certainly not all that focused on kind of the competitive aspects of it. You know, it, you know, I guess if Indiana doesn't win convincingly, you could say you could be a little bit concerned about that. But I, I'm more interested into kind of getting a first glimpse of who starts the game. Uh, rotations will you'll, you'll be able to get something out of that, but not a lot because I think you know minutes will be distributed pretty evenly across all. 13 scholarship players and maybe even beyond, but you'll, you'll start to see, I'm sure they at least want to utilize these games to get a glimpse of how guys are going to play together in groups against, you know, someone other than themselves who they've seen for the last month. So things like that. And then just X's and O's like, you know, how do Xavier Johnson and Jalen hood Chapino play together? You know, there's a lot of talk about, X playing off the ball kind of in a two role. How, how does he look when he does that? Same, same thing with the bigs, you know, trace and race, you know, if, if you believe what they said down in Bloomington a few weeks ago, that, you know, they're, they're going to kind of swap out at the four and five interchangeably just based on who gets down the floor first. So just seeing how that works, seeing how trace looks playing a little bit more out on the perimeter. So those are the kind of things that are interesting to me. In addition to just watching the guys that we've, never seen before on the court in an IU uniform being the freshman. So those are the things I'm looking for in these first two games. But, um, you know, obviously just a lot of fun to be able to to be at this point and be talking about basketball. No question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us on Tuesdays. Mike, always great to catch up. Thank you. And I guess when we talk again, uh, the first exhibition game will be in the book and we'll actually have real live basketball to talk about break down and evaluate and that will be fun yep can't wait for it matt all right we'll head to a commercial break and come back uh, again mike schumann of the daily hoosier with us in this segment coming up in segment uh, number three today more iu basketball with a touch of recruiting jeff rabjohns of pigs.com is going to join us next so for mike schumann of the daily hoosier to jeff rabjohns of pigs.com more iu hoops discussion is coming up next this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And some of the bench players, and really the bench players here the last week or so because of some comments by different uh, analysts out there, they've gotten a lot of love as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm really in favor of Indiana playing small in-state schools. Um, I understand there's some years maybe – where you really want to bring in somebody who plays a specific defense, you know, or what have you. But generally speaking, I'm a big fan of this. You look at those rosters for a lot of small schools in state. There's a whole bunch of kids from Indiana on those rosters. Those small school kids getting to have a chance to play at Assembly Hall. I mean, that's going to be a great moment for those kids. So overall, I'm a big fan of this type of arrangement, generally speaking. But I think for me that the, I think the three things I'm really interested to see. Um, one, I want to see how Xavier Johnson and, Tr- and Jalen Hutchino play together. You know, just how does it look? What do you do? 
split time bringing the ball up, but is it whoever gets it, kind of like what Carolina did a few years ago when they won the title? You know, they had two guys who were point guards by trade, and it was sort of like, whoever gets it, you go. And the other one sprint to the wing, or are there going to be certain rules? Um, uh, then I want to see, uh, you know, how many threes are you trying to get? Uh, because Indiana just has to get more points from the arc to maximize their ceiling. Uh, they don't need a whole bunch of points from the arc, you know, to beat Marion or, you know, what have you. Morehead State here in, in a week or two in the opener. But, but I want to see, can you go out there and get threes? What, what, what are you doing to get threes? Because, uh, you know, to maximize what you can do in the Big Ten and come March in the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to get points from the arc. And that's not just percentage. It's also number of shots you take. <laughs> you know, Miller Cop needs to be out there getting five, six threes a game. There's other guys need to be getting multiple three-point attempts per game. I don't mean makes, I mean attempts. So I want to see that. And then the third thing I really want to see is rotations. You know, um, you know I, I get the vibe there. A lot of people whispered in Mike Woodson's ear about, you know, in college it makes more sense to rotate guys in and out rather than do this NBA thing and we have a starting five and we have a second five. Um, so I'm really curious to see how does he do the, do, do, do the substitutions? How does he do the, the, the reserves? Does he sort of like start trace and race? One comes out, the other stays in. Then, you know, whenever you go through like, you know, a certain media timeout, then the other one comes back at, out and then the one who played the longest sits and then the other one comes back out. Um, you know, cause we all saw that game out of Penn state where, where he benched trace and race for an extended period of time. And that was the key stretch of the game. And Indiana ends up losing. A game that if it would have won, it doesn't have to mess with the playing game. You know, the first four over in Dayton. So those are the three things I'm most intrigued to see early in the season. Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com. Jeff, I said we were going to get into recruiting, but I've got one more question about the upcoming year. What is the mm-hmm. biggest issue surrounding this team? What is the biggest question mark is it shooting is it three-point shooting specifically with all you do analyzing things breaking things down what is the one burning thing you have about this team for the upcoming year points per game from the three-point line hmm. uh, i know a lot of people get really caught up in percentages and percentages certainly matter but i would rather have miller cop take eight threes per game at 38 percent from three then take three threes per game at 40% from three. And the reason is it improves offensive efficiency. Uh, you need to have a certain amount of points from the three-point line most of the time to do really well uh, in your conference and to do really well, especially in March. And, uh, you know, last couple of years, Indiana has been in the 300s in points produced from the arc. Uh, there's, there's only 351 or I think it's 351 division one teams. So Indiana has been in one of the worst college basketball teams in the country in points produced from the arc. And what have they done in the last five years? Well, four times they didn't even make the NCAA tournament last year. They went to the playing game, won it, went out and played St. Mary's and got smacked. Okay. Uh, they just have to produce more points. Um, and I, I honestly, I'm going to get yelled at a little bit from this, from for this, I know, but I would focus more on preparing to win in the NCAA tournament than I would winning the Big Ten. It's great to win the Big Ten. It's a wonderful achievement. But if you finish third and fourth, maybe fifth in the Big Ten, 
and you go to the Final Four, to me, that is a better season than winning the Big Ten and getting upset in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So I would really focus on, on making sure my team can get points from the arc. Um, and you want it to be different guys. You want to be able to do it different ways. Um, but they have enough talent on that team now. They should be much more productive from the arc. And, and I think that is going to be the number one thing, barring injuries. We'll take injuries off the table because that's always you know, that's everybody's question. But I think the question, the difference between does Indiana make a big-time NCAA tournament run or are they just, you know, ranked team, does solid, you know, okay, you know, good season, nothing great. I think the biggest differentiator will be points per game from the arc. Jeff Rabjohn, Speaks.com. Good stuff. I said recruiting. we got about 30 seconds left, but I want to ask you about Asia Newell, a top 10 class of 2024 player that made an official visit to Indiana over the weekend. You wrote a story, so if you're a Peak subscriber, you can read all about it. But in general, it seemed like it went well. It went incredibly well. He went there. He made the visit. It was Asa Newell, uh, his mom and his dad and his sister. So all of the family that's not in college, he has a brother who plays college basketball in Georgia. So everybody else was there. The visit went incredibly well. It was a full three-day visit. Uh, his parents loved it. His sister thought everybody was really welcoming. The biggest things for Asa uh, were that he feels like he's gotten to know the IU staff so well. Um, he, he called them. He's like, they're all, they're, it's, it's like hanging out with my uncles. I feel like I know them all already. Uh, and the other thing was they really laid out a good plan for how to grow his game. He's a six, nine guy. You can handle it, shoot it and drive it. Um, IU basic Mike Woodson basically went, listen, I coached in the NBA. Here's what you need to look like to have an NBA career. Here's where you are now. Here's where you need to get to. Here's how I'm going to get you from A to B. And uh, it resonated very well. So Indiana, certainly, they did a terrific job uh, with Ace and Newell. And obviously, this is a big deal because we're talking about the number six player in the country in the 2024 class. Absolutely. Jeff Rabjohns, Peaks.com. Read more at Peaks.com. Thank you, Jeff. And that's going to wrap up this Tuesday program. It's the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.